two interracial couples on a quest where fantasy and the real world collide. This is When Crit Happens. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Raghatima. Raghatima. I'm your game master, Torsten David Johnson. I'm using he and they pronouns, and I am joined today by Joshua David Robinson. It's your girl, Tidy About Here, played by Joshua David Robinson. They, them, and now. And uh, Deanna Elizabeth Woodman. I am hunger. I am wrath. I am here to destroy your life. I am a dragon. Wow, oh, we wow. have a dragon. Ah, wow, a dragon here. amazing. Yeah. Welcome, dragon, yeah. to the podcast. So Thanks. Hey, what's up? <laughs> and finally, we have Kylie Marie Brinkman. Hey, y'all. Kylie Marie Brinkman playing Josephina Wick, a.k.a. Joe, and we both use she, her pronouns. Mm, hi, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even say who I play or any pronouns nope. anymore. Basically, nope. basically We've not. moved on yeah. from it. Yeah. yeah, okay, great. <laughs> so we, we kind of guess that people that are listening to episode 28 probably know If you don't who you're know, playing. now, now you, know. you know. If you don't know, you never will know. <laughs> uh, all right, well, should we get to a little recap? Yep. So last time you all spilled out of the gates of Hitherheim, still reeling Hitherheim. from the... Hitherheim? <laughs> yes. It's Hitherheim. Hitherheim. Hitherheim? Oh my gosh, I cannot wait to meet. Sorry. <laughs> Do not apologize. <laughs> Still reeling from the horrors you saw within, surges of wild magic erupted out of you, Joe, in the form of mysterious music. <laughs> yeah, that was funny. Butterflies and flower petals. That was perfect. At the same time, a beautiful sunset filled the sky above you and... No deep dwellers seemed to be pursuing you from the depths of Terra. From the stones and grass of this mountainside, Thula pointed out over the Sudden Flow River the small canyon which led to the Evertree Sanctuary, which was not far away. You all decided to head there for some much-needed rest. As you went crossing the main road that the caravan would be traveling up in the coming days and then following a small path hidden by mushrooms, Joe, your mood ring changed color, sending you some warm and full emotions from your father. And Titan, you used sending to tell Prim that you are all all right and to give her some warning about the corruption in the deep and to tell her you have the bracelet of tracking. Meanwhile... You all found yourselves high above the Sudden Flow River, in front of a small hanging bridge. Between you and the bridge was a four-foot-tall mushroom that Thula called the Bridge Fungus. It spoke to you telepathically and asked each of you a series of questions. For the most part, you all answered truthfully. All the time, every time. Yep. Except? All of you except one. Oh, the whole time and all the time. What? No, I then I always chose honesty and I have never not chosen honesty. Uh-huh, <laughs> yeah. What talking about. However, all of you managed to make it over the bridge quite quickly and you proceeded down the path. As you went, Thula explained more of the details about the situation at the sanctuary. You all got a little upset that this was the first mention Thula had made of some of these details, which I'm going to be quite honest, surprised Thula and me. 
Because you had told us before and we had forgotten? Yeah, we yeah. <laughs> well, well, I mean, a little of both, a little of both. Uh, but I was definitely surprised that you were so fundamentally upset. Uh, but you know, you are entitled to your emotional yeah. response. Surprise, surprise. Surprise, <laughs> surprise. Anyhow, you all reached another large mushroom, the guardian fungus, which showered you in more spores. This allowed you to see that you were, in fact, at the edge of the sanctuary itself. Yep, I saw that too. Well, all of you saw this except for <laughs> one. One of you who continued to be honest about it, entirely yep. honest. Remember Super. when Jasu kept bumping into things like an idiot? What are you talking about? <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> wow. Was that Joe or, or Kylie that just lit the on fire? <laughs> I don't know what ether you are Jasu. talking about. <laughs> When Thula discovered that you couldn't see the commune, Thula went off to get an antidote to these illusory spores and also to find a place for you all to spend the night. While she was gone, Jasu, you continued traipsing about and uh, smacked straight into a Cobb house. A small person came out who you discovered was Nabilis Pipsilver, one of the individuals who had opposed Thula's plan to go get help for the prophet. Joe, you absolutely didn't have time for this, so you immediately put them to sleep. Sleep. When Thula came back, <laughs> she showed you all to a comfortable sleeping house on the edge of the commune, and shortly thereafter, Mortha, a healer, came by. She informed you that the prophet is barely hanging on, thanks to the dragon's bane mushroom, and that the only cure to the poison is the root of the thornberry bush. The and wild then thornberry bush? She'll probably need some <laughs> magical healing as well. Yes, the wild thornberry bush. <laughs> 90s kids know what's up. Yep. I don't, I don't understand, and I'm a 90s kid. Uh, however, most of the thornberry bushes were destroyed in the fire that the Koros created on the far side of the ridge. However, Golmeave was recently able to spot one living bush right near the dragon's lair. Mortha also had brought you some hallucinogenic mushrooms, Titan, which you had asked for, and was just about to leave you all to your rest when she saw something in the moonlight. You all came to the door and looked out, seeing the distinctive wings of a dragon silhouetted against the moon. <laughs> and that's where you are now. I cast Firebolt at the dragon. You don't, you have you don't have Firebolt? That's what I do. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> oh, gosh. Uh, yeah, so the shadow of the dragon disappears over the ridge top in the direction Don't I get a roll at attack roll? Burned out Koro <laughs> encampment, leaving you all in the doorway of your little cob sleeping house on the fringes of the Evertree Sanctuary. The babbling sound of the Gommel River coming to you from not far away. Mortha says, I don't think that the dragon has ever flown that close to the sanctuary before. Getting um, brazen. Yeah, indeed. Anyway, that is the direction of the, the old coral encampment, which has now been burnt out. But I, I'll leave you, and I'll come back in the morning. Great. And Thula nods. <sighs> Y'all, I really hope I don't see them creepy crawlers in my nightmares today. I still can't see anything, right? Like I'm still only seeing the shadow outline of items. Yeah, so it's probably been, you know, 15, 20 minutes at this point. Uh, you are starting to get a little bit more of an understanding of what's around you. It, it, Yes, it seems like there's a shadowy outline. So you're, you're not running into things anymore. 
uh, but you you can't see clearly the structures. Okay. I find a open-ish space with no shadows and lay down on the floor and go to sleep. <laughs> All right. Yep, right to it. Yeah, same. Uh, Joe unrolls her little sleeping pad and goes to sleep. Okay. Titan looks so opens the little pouch of mushrooms mm-hmm. and tries to judge like dosage. Yeah. And it's, so, like, it's like, oh, how many doses of this are there? Absolutely. Uh, why don't you roll a D6 for me? Three. So there are three doses. There's three of these little mushroom caps in here that look like they're mostly dried, but they're still a little spongy. And Martha told you that one dose is one of them. Okay, great. Titan is really contemplating doing a little micro dose of <laughs> mushrooms, but then they're like, oh, we have to fight a dragon. We gotta go figure out this dragon thing tomorrow. I don't know what these things is gonna do. And then takes a nibble of one of the mushrooms. <laughs> yeah, I don't need a whole dose. I do like uh, okay. I do like a, a like a quarter dose. Okay, interesting. All right, some restraint. Okay, uh, Yama also lies down and sees you taking a bite of the mushrooms and and says, "You know, Titan, I I spent a long time living alone and I dabbled in mushrooms a little bit." Oh, really? Yeah, and you know, those ones, they make for a good time, generally. And they're relatively even, so I, I don't think you need to be too afraid of anything, you know, harmful or, or that'll give you much of a hangover or anything like that. Oh. But, um, yeah, yeah, Titan yeah. Um, doesn't have the energy to act like they knew that and uh-huh. then just puts the rest of the one that they took the bite of in oh, in their mouth. Yeah, sure. And I'm, I'm happy to babysit too. So I if do, oh, do Titan a... didn't know they needed somebody to say that <laughs> so much and oh. when Yama's like, "Oh, babysit," realizes how stressed they were. Mm. And like cuz this this literally what just happened to me when you when you Torsten said that. I was like <gasps> so like mm. like their shoulders drop. Mm-hmm. And they just start laugh crying so mm-hmm. hard. It's like not like they're not sad. It's just like this huge release that's cl- that's like not even about the mushroom yet. Like yeah. I was just gonna give you a little bit of it, but here it all <laughs> is coming out. Amazing. Yeah, uh, Yama sits with you and talks with you as long as you as long as you need, and and also just share space and, and hold space if you if silence is better. And over the course of the next several minutes, really extending, you know, 10 minutes, 20 minutes, as the mushrooms start to take effect, you begin to see things a little bit differently. And the first thing that you notice is glowing shapes around you where there isn't light, but you see something kind of like a luminescent web over your head and beneath your feet. And then you start to realize that they're even through the walls of the house. And then you start to get the idea that these are networks of fungus that fill the commune, that you're seeing the fungus of the roof, and you're seeing the tendrils that extend between the various cob houses, and they're glowing in kind of soft but vibrant hues, 
and then you see a figure dancing in the moonlight, seemingly clothed entirely in this glowing fungal dress. And Yama kind of sees you looking off and... Who is that? Yama, who is... What do you see? Titan? Oh my God, she is beautiful. Just like Earth Mother plugged in, tuned out. Who is she? (laughs) And you see this figure turn to you and they seem to see you and you look down and you see that your body is also glowing that the mushrooms that you imbibed are now coursing through your veins and so you have fungus in you that is glowing and they beckon to you i like nymph-like sprint towards them <laughs> oh my gosh oh oh honey you want to dance you want you want me to dance with you yes let's go i dash off into the woods wherever this person is as you approach you see that this person seems to be leading a kind of a, a group dance in the moonlight ah uh, uh with yes. several other people who are in various states of you know some are in like sleeping clothes others are completely naked and people are just dancing in the moonlight and this very tall figure wearing a mushroom dress who has a immaculately sculpted beard introduces herself to you and says hello welcome would you like to join us Titan had danced over there and doesn't even really know how to respond to them because they're still kind of laugh crying and just like unties, like lets their hair down literally. And you see these just like truly like 30 feet of hair uh, (laughs) uh, uh, just like descends and starts to whip and flow around as Titan just lets loose in this dance circle. Mm -hmm. As you let yourself go, you hear this voice continue and you realize that this voice is coming to you telepathically. And so it's almost as though this person is sharing with you rather than speaking to you. Mm. And they tell you that their name is Imagine and that they are all participating in a dance to reach out and support their prophet who is currently imbibing the dragon's bane mushroom and so is able in a way to participate with them. <gasps> oh. Hearing that like the prophet is in this network, mm-hmm. like immediately is just like, hey girl, we're here to help you out, girl. How you doing? I heard you're not doing so good. You see her body there, the body of the prophet, which is kind of glowing and pulsing in a wide array of colors lying on a bed of fungus and certainly has fungus coursing through her body as well. And it feels like the energy of this group is reaching out and welcoming the prophet. And Imagine says to you, if you would like to join us, you may bring in another intention as well. And so while you are dancing, Titan, Mm. I'd love to know if you have any other intentions that you bring in to this group ritual. Oh, wow. I think Titan's, you know, 
asked for the mushrooms because they've dabbled in, in mushrooms before, but they've mm -hmm. never had an experience like this, especially like following something that was potentially like so traumatic mm -hmm. and then now being like out in nature and like feeling like they're able to release that. Mm -hmm. So like, the, I guess the intention is just like letting go of anything I don't need. Mm -hmm. And so that's, yeah, that's what Titan is, is, is bringing spiritually mm -hmm. in. Amazing. Yeah. Is there any, into the circle, any specific thing that you are thinking about not needing or? I think it's like the faux nonchalance that Titan has cultivated over, mm. over the years in this moment truly becomes not giving a fuck, you mm. know? that uh, as as opposed to like needing to be perceived as not giving a fuck mm -hmm. they're they're just not giving it <laughs> <laughs> i love that that's amazing mm. as this whole dance continues it lasts for time that you can't quite put your finger on it you can't tell if it's been minutes or hours that have gone by, but it feels like you are all sharing this experience together and each having your own unique experience at the same time. And through that process, it feels like the prophet kind of joins you in a way. Mm. And there is a specific thought that seems to come to you, which is something like, there is a new prophet here. Yeah, yeah, no, I know her. Yeah, she's here. I, we, we came together. And the prophet seems to indicate that this new prophet has forgotten the name of their spirit. And then it seems, she seems to question it and go back a little bit and say, oh, wait, no, 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 that's not it. The, the spirit has forgotten their own name and that they will both feel lost until they discover it. And Titan is just like Sulian. I thought I thought Sulian ain't, ain't the god ain't the goddess's god's name. No, not Sulian. No, not Sulian. Something much closer. A spirit that is from near here, but who has lost their name. Mm. Well, we gonna we're real good at finding things. <laughs> now, a name, you know, you can't find that with your foot, but I think you can find it. We're going to find that name. Amazing. And yeah, so Titan, if you want to describe anything else that you do or that happens to you during this trip and then how you proceed through the rest of your long rests. No, Titan just really like isn't doing like show dancing, isn't trying to look good is truly just ecstatic dance living. And then truly when they get to the point of exhaustion and just can't move anymore, uh, they're still like dancing with their, their fingertips and their eyeballs. And eventually like someone has to take Titan to sleep. Cause it's like, they're already essentially asleep on the dance floor. And then some like, like uh, somebody takes them to back to the house and, mm. and puts them yeah. in bed. <laughs> well, and I think Yama, who committed himself to babysitting you mm, yes. respectfully, mm. uh, he, he kept an eye on you. And so when it seemed like you needed to go to bed, he helped you find your way back. Oh, 
Yama. And I mean, you know, I saved his life, so <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a small token of, of thanks. And uh, with that, all of you complete your long rest. Ooh. Yes. The night is relatively comfortable here as you sleep in this cob house. Let me uh, let me go ahead and get my dice out for a second. Let me get my dice out first. I'm gonna make a little check. You can't even roll your dice in that box with how many dice you have in there. You have no space. What are you talking about? <laughs> I have plenty of space. Look at this. That's utterly hilarious. If you could see how full this box is. It's a cool day, crisp weather outside when you wake up, but it is quite clear. And you see that Thula and Yama are waking up at around the same time. And Thula says, well, uh, I hope you all slept all right. Is anyone hungry for breakfast? Oh, my goodness. Yes, I am starving. What's for breakfast? Uh... You guys, we are in a, a house. <laughs> Joe did not sleep well. Mm. I think like I slept like a rock. Like you know when you wake up and it's like you've not moved all night and your body is kind of like everything is asleep and it feels like you can't really move. I think that was the vibe of Joe's sleep because of mm. being mm -hmm. slightly terrified of uh, like probably having nightmares of those creatures. Mm -hmm. And when I hear Titan say they're starving, I look over at Titan like who can even think about food right now is like the expression on my face. And I just say, Titan, mm. you're glowing. How do you look so well rested? <laughs> oh, ah. <laughs> I don't know. I just... Wow, you smell that. You smell that. Are you no. all right? Oh my goodness, the air here. Do you smell that? Can I do a perception What's check on you? or an insight check to make sure I don't think that Titan is possessed? <laughs> uh, sure, you can do an insight check or a vibe check. Do a vibe check. Also, Jasu, you for the first time are seeing the colors around you and seeing how the the commune actually looks. Can these, I do a these... deception check to make sure, to see whether or not I can pretend like I've, oh, it's not as surprising to me at all? We've uh, already seen you run into a house. Yeah. We can't be fooled. <laughs> I don't think it's gonna be very effective. I'm gonna roll my die. It's an eight on the die. Okay. Tell, tell me what your vibe check was. It was a 16. Yeah, you, mm -hmm. you can tell that Titan is mm -hmm. certainly not mm -hmm. possessed. Mm -hmm. And you also might see that the pouch of mushrooms is sitting open and looks like it may have been broken into the previous night. Titan, did you and did you imbibe last night? I, I think imbibe means to drink. So I definitely <laughs> did stay hydrated. Um, so yes, but if you're asking about the mushrooms, oh yes, honey child, I cannot recommend highly enough. I'm just looking so, up and vibe really quick. <laughs> I'm curious. <laughs> I believe it's from the Latin bibare, meaning to drink. Um, drink, wow. yes, alcohol. Yeah, yeah. Uh, orbs absorb or assimilate ideas or knowledge. Oh. Um, so Titan, <laughs> having having partaken of mushrooms the previous night, this particular type of mushroom, mm -hmm. Thula says, "I leveled up." 
<laughs> I mean, you did. Uh, but Thula says, wow, I, I hope you had a really wonderful trip. Did it feel like it connected to you? Thank you so much, Thula. I will answer your question. Yama, I just want, like, uh, Titan gets down on, like, because, like, Yama's, like, shorter, right? Uh, yeah, both Yama and Thula are, are quite short. Titan, like, gets down on their knees and just takes Yama's hand in theirs mm-hmm. and just, like, looks very deeply into, into Yama's eyes and, it's just, and just says, Thank you. Oh, it was Thank my you pleasure. For taking care of me. Absolutely. I hope that you got enough to drink before you went to bed and, um, and yes. everything. <laughs> you thought of everything. Thank you. And like doesn't feel the need to like gush or explain, but just like wants to make sure that like Yama's just like, I appreciate, like knows that he's appreciated. So and like turns back to, to Tula and it's like, I had a wonderful time and I know that peril awaits us this day, but we must venture forward. Thula raises her eyebrows and says, well, you know, now that you mention it, those mushrooms can sometimes seem to have a fortuitous effect on on people mm. after they connect with them, uh, that, that particular variety. So perhaps... From the Latin fortis meaning strength. <laughs> perhaps it is... <laughs> Perhaps it's a boon to you that you chose to to experience the mushrooms last night. And so you will, ha- having partaken of the, uh, what I'm calling tripping shrooms, you will have the following benefit. Once, oh, snap! <laughs> once in the next 24 hours, when you are making an ability check, attack roll, or saving throw, you may roll a D8. Mm-hmm. If the number is odd, you subtract that number from your d20 roll. Mm-hmm. And if the number is even, you add it to your d20 roll. Whoa. That's awesome. That is truly awesome. And 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 it's like a bardic inspiration. You can do it after you know the result of the roll, but before, or after you see what you rolled. After sure, you roll the d20, but, before, but before you amazing, know the result. Amazing. And you still have two left. Uh, Joe is truly confused by Titan's vibe uh, this morning. I mean, they're about it, but they're also uh, used to Titan being a little bit more sassy than they're acting in this moment. And Joe is not a morning person and he didn't sleep well. (laughs) And so is just not quite sure what to make of this. Uh, Yama, do you have any more of that acorn coffee? (laughs) Oh, you know, I do. And Thula looks at you and says, I could also bring you some breakfast from the roundhouse. Where... And like real coffee? Yeah. Oh, bless. And so Thula says, all right, I'll be right back and goes off to get everyone <laughs> breakfast. Uh, I would like to brush my hair and tighten up my boots to get ready to uh, fuck up a dragon. And Joe mm. has to say that in her head because she's terrified. So I'm using language that is going to make me feel like I'm on top of this situation, even though mm-hmm. I'm not... So Titan goes over to Jasu Mm -hmm. and is just like staring deeply into Jasu's eyes and then like gives like a very soft smile and Jasu, in the light of truth, I would like to ask you a question. Know that you need not answer. What is the name of the God giving you your power? I think... 
Jasu's eyes widen a bit. Uh, in in that moment of hesitation, Titan like uh, follows up and says, "I'm sorry, that was a bit abrupt, but I had a connection with the Prophet last night, and they told me that there was a new Prophet." And I said, "Yeah, girl, I know her. She's great. That's my girl, Jasu." And then we talked about Sulian. And the prophet said, nah, not Sulian. That's not the one. But there is one that has a connection here, but maybe has lost their name. So I assumed that they were talking about you, but I don't know that for fact. So if, you know, you and Sulian still bosom buddies, or if this is too personal of a question for you to ask so answer so early in the morning, I understand. <laughs> But it was on my mind, and it would be deceitful for me not to present it to you. I think Jasu is rubbing her hand with the mark um, that is no longer the mark of Sulian. Hmm. And was looking at Titan, looked away, then looked back, and is, is sort of thinking of the conversation that Titan and her had last night that was in some ways like really helpful for her. And I think she feels a little bit more connected to Titan than she has in the past. And so she opens up a bit, just says, I know that Sulian is still with me, for I can feel it beyond who I am connecting to now. But who I am connecting to now is not Sulian. I don't actually know the spirit's name. Well, perhaps we can find it together now. As I've said before, and will say again, a name ain't something you can find with your foot, but we might be able to find it together. So odd saying. I go to try to talk to, to Thulia. Uh, yeah, Thula comes back Thula. At, at this point with a, with a big wooden tray filled with coffees and, and food, fruits and, and, and uh, fried mushrooms. Uh, Thula. Yes? I'm aware that there is another Luxodon Yes, Colmeve. Colmeve. I was wondering if you may set up an introduction. Yes, w would you like to speak with Colmeve before you venture over the ridge, if that is indeed what you are planning to do? Yeah, I think, and I turn to Joe and to Titan. I mean, Colmeve is, it sounds like, a warrior mm. um, who may be of assistance, and I may have a personal question. From what Mortha told us, it sounds like Golmiv may be the most recent person to have ventured over the ridge. And so, yes, I think Golmiv might have the, the most up-to-date information about the dragon and, and what they're doing. Um, I'd be happy to go find them. Excellent. I do kind of like the summoning people to us. <laughs> <laughs> feeling. I'm obsessed with Joe. <laughs> <laughs> Summon Golmiv for us, please. <laughs> Amazing. So Thula says, all right, I'll, I'll be back shortly. I, I do think that Mortha might have something that she wants to pass along as well. So she goes back out, leaving you to enjoy your breakfast. Mm. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. These flavors. <laughs> Joe, I think we may need to stage an intervention. Great. I'm right behind you. Enter, meaning between. <laughs> <laughs> From the Latin. <laughs> uh, Yama, Yama says, so, um, Titan, it seemed like mm. you were, uh, there was a bunch of people there where, when you mm. were dancing last night, but there was that one woman 
in particular that seemed... What? You were dancing last night? A Titan does like a little bit of the dance that they were doing last night, which is truly just like whipping around their hair truly almost if there are if there are things like <laughs> you have to cover your coffee and then <laughs> whatnot like they just, everything is like being knocked around uh, that's not nailed down as a, a they, plate of figs goes flying and then and then they death drop uh, at the end yes <laughs> I stand there as I get whacked multiple with multiple things. No, no expression. I did dance, yeah. What is happening? <laughs> oh, you're high right now. <laughs> <laughs> Joe is sitting on the ground, her knees up, her arms on her knees, her head on her hands, and she's just shaking her head. So shaking her head, saying the following. So let me get this straight. We have to go fight a dragon today, and you got high last night? Yeah. Mm, okay. 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 I feel okay. great. Okay. Okay. And Joe is seeing her life flash past her eyes, that potentially <laughs> one of her companions won't be fit for battle. Mm -hmm. Hi, and like Titan is looking, looking at Joe, and it's like, and like, how you doing, honey? How did you? I'm a bit concerned, just a bit. I'm just a mm. bit concerned. But, mm. you know, fuck it. We're here. We out here. We're out here living. We are out here, yes. <laughs> Yama, <laughs> Yama walks oh past God. you. Yama walks past you, Titan, and uh, drops a plate of eggs. There's like a, a plate of hard-boiled eggs, and there's like five of them. Uh, drops them right next to you. Uh, mm. What do you do? Um, there's five eggs. Yeah, and there's, there's five, five eggs and they're falling. Oh, oh, I'm so sorry. They're falling I, towards the ground. I whip with, I, I would like to try to grab these eggs. Very Great, make a dexterity save. Oh, fantastic. Uh, it's a 21. You catch all five of them and Yama looks to you, Joe, and says, see, I, I think they're... Reflexes are doing just fine, so I, I don't see. I don't think there's much of an issue. I just glare at Yama. No words. <laughs> I I share concern with Joe. Yes, Jasu. Yes, Titan got high on shrooms last night. I feel fantastic, y'all. You are not yourself. Then who am I? I cannot say. I am Titan. Your belts. <laughs> I stand up and walk away <laughs> again. And uh, and it, it's right at that moment that the door opens and you see Thula, who is quite short, standing in front of Eloxodon, who is quite tall, who hears you say your name, Titan, and says, Oh, well, I am... Golmeev Heliocentra. I am pleased to make your acquaintance. I'm attracted to this person. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Joe doesn't know what to do with that and doesn't make, doesn't like change her face when they walk in. <laughs> <laughs> what an incredible choice that Kylie has made at this very moment. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh my God. I think. I am sort of awestruck for a moment at seeing another Luxodon for the first time in yeah. months. And then uh, immediately uh, my training kicks in and I do 
the whole it's it's more than just the left up my hand mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. Um, yeah the or like a short greeting it's, it's yeah the whole it's thing. a full it's a full time mm-hmm. um and i not only say how i don't say have you heard of the light of the sun or may the i say the light shines upon you and for you forever uh we stand in the light and Golmiv uh strides forward and says there is room for all and lifts her hand up to place it against yours in the in the correct uh, position for the honoring of Sulion, and then takes a knee and bows her head in front of you and says prophet jasu it is an honor to see you and stands back up and says i i doubt that you would remember me because the last time that i saw you you were uh, significantly younger and not at the mature strong loxodon that i see before me but uh I, i'm getting ahead of myself I, I'm, I'm sorry i haven't met everyone here no that is all right um these are my companions tighten your belt and Joe, Safina Wick. Oh, I'm sorry, Joe. I didn't mean to. <laughs> just um, Joe, like very, kind of like picks herself up a bit more out of like the morning funk I was in, and like very firmly like walks over, like cool and collected, but very different vibe than prior, and like just puts out her hand, like Josephina Wick, Joe. Oh, it is a pleasure. Uh, nice to meet you. And Golmi's going to make a vibe check. Yes. Yes. Wait, can I do an insight check too? I want to see if I pick up on this vibe. Sure. Because <laughs> I guarantee you I do not. Uh, Golmi, you can tell that something is going on and uh, that you've you've shifted your demeanor in some way. That's fine. <laughs> but I isn't quite Thir- sure. 13. Uh, what I think do I similarly, know? Anything? You, you can tell that Joe had some hot take and then is pushing it down, but you might not be sure exactly what it is. They look at Joe side side eyes. <laughs> And Yama turns up and says, oh, and I'm Yama. Uh, hi there. And Golmiv nods and says, my companion Thula has informed me that you are all planning to confront the dragon in order to collect some root of the thornberry bush. Is this true? Yes. Yes, yes. Hopefully no confrontations will be necessary, but yeah, we're going to go and try to get this root. Yes, well, you have my thanks, and I would venture to guess that you will have the thanks of the commune at large. And you see Golmiv makes eye contact with Thula. I wonder how I might be able to help you. As you know, Jasu, our own commune in the far-off lands of Pure, the homeland of of our people, we were afforded a, a fair amount of training. I wonder if you might desire my my assistance in any yes. way uh, okay um, how may i assist you oh coming with would be just fine i see i see yes and you see <laughs> you see she gets a, a little um she's setting her jaw a little bit and she says you know i i swore off all violence when i came here this is an entirely nonviolent community and I will, in some ways, be breaking that oath to come with you in mm. the anticipation of possible violence. Is, mm. but, but I, I have I, to imagine there's exceptions. And I, I cite uh, Sulian. Is not the light meant to be harsh at times, if not to purify? You see, Golmiv kind of smiles a little bit and says, 
It has been a long time since the the syllogisms of Sulian have been spoken in my ears. Mm. Uh, but what I can say is that forgiveness is a key value of our community here. And so I have confidence that I will be forgiven for breaking my oath of nonviolence, since it does seem to be necessary. When did you come here? I've completely lost track of what we were talking about and am now fully just talking to Goldmeave. <laughs> Goldmeave nods and says, yes, we have many stories to share. There is much that I would like to ask you about, as well as much that I would like to share. For now, I will simply tell you that it, it has been about three years since I came here to the commune. And so it has been a long time since I have worn this. And you see she's holding up a bag, a kind of traveling bag. And from within it, she produces a dress of golden splint armor. Hot with uh, splint. Mm. Is it a D&D &D word or this is like an armor word? <laughs> it's, yeah, it's an armor Who's hotter, word. me or her? An important question. that matters, really. Yeah. It resembles the dress worn by Beyonce in 2011's Run the World oh Girls official Strong. music video. So, so when uh, this person enters the room, that's what they're wearing? Uh, no, they, they haven't worn it in years. And so they take it out of this bag and they say, I... And before they I, say anything, Titan just says, strong Beyonce energy. <laughs> and she says, yes, I will put my armor on for the first time since coming to the commune. And uh, and you see that she also has in this bag a, a staff, which resembles in some ways yours, Jasu, although it is less ornate, somewhat less ornate, not the staff of the prophet, but merely the staff of a disciple of Sulian. And, uh, and it has some, some other things, some javelins and, and other equipment. And mm -hmm. so Golmeve begins to prepare herself. You left three years ago. But why? And why come here? Yes, uh, it was not a direct path here. I initially was pursuing my vocation, the tasks that I had been entrusted with by the elders of Sulian. But I came to have a number of discoveries which, which led one to the other, and eventually I found myself here and have come to find that I am more able to truly pursue the spirituality in which I feel that I was instilled in me at our, our commune of Sulion, but I am, I am more truly able to live that truth here than in other, any other way. Um, I speak purely for myself. You still follow Sulion? No, I do not. I still appreciate certain elements of Sulian, and there are certain teachings that I adhere to, but I do not worship Sulian. The light, uh, I have been told, and I smirk a little, always finds a way. Yes, you are more than welcome to worship Sulian while you are here, and in the in the rationalistic way of Sulian, you may view all that we do here through the lens of a Sulian-centered viewpoint, as, as you might be able to tell from my name, Heliocentra. I am not 
unfamiliar with the desire to center the sun in all things. I don't... I look at my hand. <laughs> it's silly. You said you knew me when I was young, though. I don't know that I recall you. Uh, Golmiv nods and says, Yeah, I was... I was only a, a minor retainer of the of the faith. Uh, there, there would have been no reason for you to know me or acknowledge me, but I... I, I saw you many times. What What is that on your hand? Kolmiv says. Nothing. It's just... It's... Don't lie again. <laughs> oh, shit. Kolmiv definitely clocks that. I glare at Joe in a way that I have not... I'm like trying to emulate Titan in my eyes, <laughs> but I have never done it, so it just looks like I'm squinting. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not faced. I'm just staring back at you. <laughs> I used to, and I look at Joe, bear a mark of Sulian, but it is covered now by unfortunate events. Hmm. And you see, I'm I'm gonna make a I'm gonna make a vibe check for Great. Golmiv here. Uh, Golmiv takes you at your word and says, "Oh, I see." Uh, and at this point is. Just about done donning this really Beyonce-tastic armor. <laughs> and Thula looks around at all of you and says, I, I hate to interrupt, but I want to also pass off to you something that Mortha sent. She says that she thinks that they can spare these four mushrooms. You can't get high before this dragon encounter. Oh, th these will not make you high, I mm. assure you. These are the very rare and particularly at the moment, extremely valuable to us, dragon's bane mushroom. Mm. And she holds out her hand and you see what look like four little puff balls. And you see, even as they're just kind of jostling in her hand, some spores are coming out of the top of these little puff ball mushrooms. They're the type of mushroom where when you when you squeeze it, there's just a cloud of Cute. spores come out of the top. And she says, these mushrooms w will help defend you against the effects of dragons. These are some special mushrooms then. Yes. How long they, do they I'm last? I'm telling you, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> they are the only thing that has been sustaining the prophet. So how do they work? So the game mechanics for these dragon's bane mushrooms are that as a reaction, when you need to make a constitution saving throw against the effect of a dragon, you can inhale these spores and gain advantage on that save. Once you have inhaled these spores once, you cannot benefit from them again until you have taken a long rest. Mm. Um, and so basically on a daily basis, the profit is getting worse and so she has to make a saving throw. And these are helping her to succeed on those saving throws. She doesn't always succeed on the saving throw. And so sometimes she still does get worse, even though she's taking the dragon's bane mushroom. But it improves her chances. Is it so for us, are you saying like if we try, if a dragon tries to poison us, we, and we have to have, have to do a saving throw, we'd gain advantage? Mm. Exactly. What about like other just like physical attacks? Like outside of being poisoned, or is it like really specifically it's about the poisoning? It's about a constitution save. So Got it. that could be 
the effect of cold, the effect of poison, anything where you have to make a constitution save. Ah, uh, it can only work once. It can only work once gotcha. per day. Got it. Well, our timing, I suppose, couldn't be better. We will get this plant and hopefully not have to fight a dragon. Golmeeb nods and says, yes, I hope that very much. I would like to uphold my oath and not use violence as this staff slaps into her hand and you can you see that it is larger than your staff. Rude. <laughs> Josu. That's rude. That's rude, Tor. Tor, you're being rude. She's uh, also taller than me. It's not how like, large like, the staff is. It's how you use it. Okay. She's like an inch taller than me too in a way that I'm like trying to like stand up taller. Uh-huh, she's like, yeah. uh, and with her like stupidly taller staff, whatever. She doesn't have a shield though. It is a two-handed weapon. Yeah, she doesn't have a shield, Jasu. Don't worry. Yeah, You're she doesn't better. have a. Sh- yeah, what? Yeah, she doesn't have a shield. I mean, she doesn't even have a shield, though. <laughs> she doesn't even have a shield. I have a shield because I'm cool. And yeah, I have, you know, I'm the prophet. I'm the prophet. <laughs> You're the prophet. <laughs> Joe jo is like talking you up, hand and shoulder. You are the prophet. You, You're right. You are. You. You're are. right. You're right. I've gone to like a little corner, so she can't. Goldie can't see that I'm like a little upset about it. <laughs> I am the prophet. You're right. <laughs> And so Yama looks around and says, well, I mean, it looks like we finished up breakfast. So what do you think, Thula? Would it be all right if if I went with them up to the top of the ridge top? At least, I, I mean, I, I can't say that I am really looking to get tangled up with the dragon. And you see a little bit of a recall, uh, uh, some memories flashing in front of Yama's mm. eyes as he says that. But but I would love to accompany them as as far as I I can. And Thula looks to you and Golmeev and says, "Well, if it's, I think it's really up to you. Uh, do you think that we would stand in your way, or or can we accompany you to the top of the ridge?" I would be happy for you to join us for as long as you are willing. Yes. All right. Well, uh, the more the merrier. Well, then let's set off. I suppose. Great. As we are heading out, I think I'm doing some internal reflection. I have not yet got up the courage to ask Omi any of the questions that I want to ask or really say any of the things that I want to say because, you know, I'm doing some posturing at the moment. But I would like to, as we go, cast my very first Find Steve. Amazing. Okay. You get out of the this little cob house and you're starting to walk. Thula leads you around the outside of the commune so that you're not headed right through the center and you cast Find Steve. I would like to find Steve and I'm going to cast it with my gauntlet and then also put a first level spell slot on it to make it a flying Steve. 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 A flying a Steve. Flying okay, so Steve. maybe we'll talk about this a little bit more in our next uh, pre-show or something like that, but this is a little bit of We actually talked about it did. in our Patreon episode. Oh, did you? Yeah, just oh, so amazing. you know. Amazing. <laughs> I haven't listened to that yet, everybody. But yeah, so for those of you who haven't listened to the Patreon episode where our three wonderful players talk about leveling up, this is a little homebrew that we did because Fine Steed doesn't really specify whether or not the steed is allowed to be flying. And so we came up with a little homebrew where if it is going to be flying, then Jasu has to use another first level spell slot in order to give it that extra movement capability. And so I did. And now 
I would like Steve. And the <laughs> other thing that is kind of unique to our world is that the Steeds are going to be the Steves. Steve. Their name is Steve. Steve. All of them are named so, Steve. So the Steve that comes to you <laughs> is always an embodied spirit of the region where you are. Mm. And so I wonder if you have any ideas about what this Steve looks like from this region. Yeah. I mean, can you describe again the like, like we're in a mushroom area. Oh, so it's a mushroom with wings? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a, actually just a big dick with wings, actually. Oh, God. <laughs> That's what it is. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so it's a mountainous region, <gasps> mm -hmm. and so there are lots of coniferous trees <laughs> around. You can see the high mountain peaks above, but this ridge line that you're going to go over is is all below the tree line. So there's, if I was going to compare it to a region, I'd say maybe the foothills of the Rocky Mountains or something like that, where you know the not above the tree line, but that kind of mountainous area. But this particular little enclave is filled with funguses of all different types and varieties. Do dragonflies have connections to? Mm. Because what I am reading right now is a giant dragonfly. I love it. Which sounds a little fungi-esque yeah. to me. And I think that one of the things that you're seeing is a lot of giant fungus. Like whatever magic is kind of imbued through all these mushrooms is making them larger than they otherwise might be. And so having a larger-than-life insect, I think, fits right in with this region. And so this spirit that comes to you is in some ways physical and real, but is also a manifestation of spiritual energy. And so it flies out of the treetops as you cast this spell, which takes a, a bit of time, mm -hmm. and descends down. You hear it first, and it, you're not quite sure what it is. And you look up and you see this enormous dragonfly coming down towards you. My staff is glowing. I don't think I even realized that that's what I'm doing. Mm. I think I'm just like sort of meditating on how I feel a little uneasy and in need of help, but don't even know where to turn to anymore without mm. my connection to my god. Joe automatically ducks down because she thinks it's a dragon because she's not seen many dragons. <laughs> so it's a dragonfly, so. Yeah. <laughs> Golmeev sees this and is very intrigued. I think Thula as well, both of them being denizens of this forest, recognize in some way the spiritual connection to the place. And they both look, mouths somewhat agape. And Golmeev looks to you and says, Jasu, Jasu, did you just contact this spirit? I'm looking at it as it's flying towards us. I think... I think I did. And she looks at Thula, and Thula looks to you and says, we have heard of the presence of spirits here through our prophet, but never have we seen one made visceral like this, made corporal, made made real. I'm barely listening you... as I like walk forward to touch the creatures on its head. And Joe and Titan, you see both of them are awestruck by this seeming physicalized communion with the spiritual world that Jasu was just able to perform. Joe is also awestruck and also talking to yourself like, okay, yep, this is just another day. 
we saw zombies <laughs> yesterday and now giant dragonflies. So this is my life now. This is normal. This is normal as I'm <laughs> continuing to try to talk myself <laughs> off the ledge of this dragon that we're going to fight and all of the strangeness and newness that has happened in the last 24 hours. Okay. And with that, do you, do you mount your dragonfly? If it lets me. It seems very interested in you. It buzzes down towards you and with its improbably thin and skinny legs, which extend out and perch onto a low-hanging branch of a nearby fir tree, which then sags all the way down to the ground. So it's basically just standing on the ground. (laughs) (laughs) And its wings kind of poise up and... It seems to look at you, although its compound eyes are very hard to read. I bow, and then I, with my hand sort of still out, re- like like keeping one hand on it, I uh, start to pet it and go toward the back as if I'm going to get on. But I try to make sure that the dragonfly feels calm that whole time. Like, obviously, if it makes any moves to feel uncomfortable or anything, I wouldn't keep going amazing yeah it's it's tail kind of curls up and then extends straight and it bends its knees a little bit and seems to invite you to get on i step on up well sit on up (laughs) (laughs) definitely don't stand on this poor dragonfly its wings begin to flutter and you feel that it starts to lift off and you feel the same kind of telepathic connection with it mm. that you did with the bridge fungus that you spoke to mm. yesterday. Mm. And you feel like you can read its thoughts and it seems to be able to read yours in terms of what direction you want to go. Amazing. I think that I'm looking up and I mm-hmm. just think up. Yeah. Yeah. And as it flies up, you start to see a view of this whole commune. And Titan and and Joe, you can also see this, although your angle is different. Jasu, you're able to see from above this beautiful integration of dwellings and places for people to live that are mixed in with the land here. You see this almost random scattering of cob buildings. They aren't in rows. If anything, they're maybe in a spiral formation, but they're spread out with trees growing in between them. There are different types of trees. There's fig trees and apple trees and some types of fruit that you don't recognize at all. There are vegetable gardens and greens, except you might not even call them vegetable gardens because they're just kind of mixed in with everything. There's no rows of carrots. The carrots are just kind of scattered in with the beans, which are right next to some raspberry bushes. There's also goats and chickens roaming around. I love goats. Everything seems somewhat random, and yet you can kind of tell that thought went into it. Steve, what are you doing here? It's time for the mid-roll. Oh, you want to do the mid-roll with me? (laughs) Well, get your little dragonfly butt over here and we'll do it together. Okay, that's Steve thanking our benevolent patrons, Andrew and... Steve. 
is yeah, it is a little funny that your name is also the name of one of our sustaining members who we thank every mid-roll. Yeah, we do say the name Steve a whole lot on this podcast, but you, Dragonfly Steve, hold a special place in our hearts. What's that? You have another announcement for our listeners? That's right. Word of mouth really is the best way for people to find out about us. So if you all have any friends that you think might enjoy this podcast, please let them know. Yeah, yeah, you're right. It is time to get back to the show. We know you feature heavily in this episode and everyone's looking forward to getting back to it. So let's do it, shall we? And as Thula leads you, Titan and Joe, Mm -hmm. you start making your way around the back of the commune and you are coming closer to what is quite distinctly the ever tree. It is a large, wide tree, both wide in trunk and in canopy. It's not extremely tall, but it looks extremely old. And it is growing partially on top of a stone. And I'd like you all to make some kind of wisdom check. It could either be a perception check or an insight check uh, or a religion check. Ooh, I love a religion check. Oh, shit. Uh, Dirty 20. Natural 20. 22 insight. Wow. To insight. <laughs> dirty 20 religion. Just dirty 20 religion. I had a natural 20, so a 23 total. 23. Okay. Wow. But a natural <laughs> 20. Y'all, uh, <laughs> <laughs> tell us all the things to yeah. us. And everybody is in a flow <laughs> state right now. So I think we'll start with Joe. Joe, was that a perception check? That was a percep- yeah, a perception Great. check. So... Joe, with your perception check, you see very clearly through the trees and through the moss that's growing on top of this rock that it is carved. There are symbols carved into this stone. Mm. They are very familiar to you. They look just like the type of symbols that were carved into the meteor at Tempest Top the same type of shapes and symbols, which, as you'll recall, is the stone from which your flashlight came from. The meter, that was in that, not a lake, that was in that water. Yeah, in the that pool. Was, gotcha, okay. Exactly. And so that sparks your memory, and you realize, oh, yes, this this stone looks like it is old, and you think probably older, than that mm. stone in the in the pool mm. because it's worn down more and it this tree is growing on top of it but it looks of the same shape and size roughly um as as the stone that your your flashlight came from mm. titan yeah with your insight check you get the impression that the stone and the tree are somehow indelibly linked. Seeing the way that the tree is is growing from the stone, 
maybe it's residual effects of the mushrooms that you had last night or something, but you sense the deep connection between the tree and the stone and that they are tied together. And Jasu, you can tell that the... It's God. What? Kind of. (laughs) You can tell that your dragonfly, Steve, Mm -hmm. is somehow reverential towards this stone and tree. And and you you sense that these the, the tree and stone are in a way the spiritual center of the commune, which might sound like a given since that's what everyone tells you. Oh, there's this old tree and it talked to the prophet and that's why this is the commune is the sanctuary that it is. But it feels analogous to the spirit that you spoke to mm. in the pool at Tempest Top and the proximity to that stone and that the object of the stone and the, the entity of the spirit as made manifest in the tree seems to be like a piece of God, like a piece of the spiritual world here on Arboreus. Hmm. I think I first continue to take flight and like do a definitely nod toward the ever tree um in reverence as well um in respect yeah and thula leads you past and continues up the hillside towards the ridge line and then yeah i think i will be close overhead but i'm still on my dragonfly so i don't think that we're having a lot of chat yeah i, I mean it's it's not a short walk, so you have a couple hours here of walking. Oh, great. Okay. So well, like, yeah, if we have a couple hours, I think I get on and off my my steed. Where like I don't yeah. like yeah, there's no need for me to be riding the whole time. And in that case, I do think yeah, I communicate a little bit with more with Golmeev, just asking about her experience, about the way that she felt like she was being stifled in the community, why she left. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Golmeev nods as you ask these things and begins to tell you about them and tells you that she was extremely devoted when she left the the commune in pure uh, it was almost a decade ago she traveled here to west anglia and was committed to the the goal of, of spreading the light of the sun uh, but that it was hard and that there would not many receptive people. She even found herself to be the target of the Church of Atum at times, which is the the, the moon god. But she found one priest from the Church of Ion who kind of took her in. And so she stayed there for a while. And they taught each other much. They would have long conversations and they would read deeply into the other's teachings. And he helped her do some research into the old tomes that he had at the church. And what they began to discover was that the records of Sulion spreading outside of that little peninsula, which is now pure, but until the last big war, wasn't known as pure. So until pretty recently, 
Suleon didn't have a record of spreading outside of the peninsula, and they weren't quite sure what that meant. Was it because Suleon didn't exist before that, or maybe it just wasn't known to other parts of the world? But it sparked Golmiv's curiosity, and so she began to travel and research more and found a library at the Lake of Shifting Shores where there's a research center that's hosted by one of the very renowned houses of learning in Ajir, the House of Nori. And so she did some research there, and there she found some evidence that Sulian had previously, had historically been a sect of Ionism that was kind of defined by its belief that the sun shed its light equally. It spread its warmth equally to all, and that that metaphor was really foundational for, for Sulian, and it meant that they legitimized all religions. Sulian wanted all religions to exist equally. But something shifted, and the literature spoke of something new, and it was it was almost like the stories changed, and Sulian became interested in this coming of a prophet, and said, oh, there will be a day when the prophet comes, who will lead Sulian to preeminence in the world. And according to the research that she did, it seemed that the sect became oriented entirely around spreading Sulian to other places which was a revelation to Golmiv, and it, it made her very distraught. Mm. And she tells you, you know, the Lake of Shifting Shores is not far from here, and I happened to meet someone there who spoke to me of this commune. And having grown up in a commune myself, I felt some yearning to return to a communal way of life. And this was the prophet that I had met. And she welcomed me to join her here. And so I, I came and found that I felt quite at home, not only in the community of people, but also that the view of spirituality here allowed me to reframe and has helped me to remain spiritual, but not feel limited by what I had come to discover about our faith. Are you suggesting that the knowledge of a prophet coming shifted the entire religion towards a new goal? I don't know if it was the coming of the prophets that made them shift, or if something else made the faith change and then the idea of the prophets became important. I remember being taught my entire upbringing that we had always awaited the coming of the prophet and that there had not been a prophet in generations, but that I had thought that that was a key part of our culture. It seems that that may not have always been the case or maybe not in the same way. I'm not sure entirely. The texts that I read were oddly academic and not seeming to be written by people who believed in the religion themselves. Uh, so I, I don't know entirely. I, I don't know what caused the change, but it made me lose, lose my faith. 
I truly don't think that Jessu can speak at this moment because in her head, she's just thinking like, I'm the problem. The problem is me. Mm. I It's my fault. And also, who am I? And also, what's happening? Hi. <laughs> I'm, I'm the problem. The problem is me. It's me. <laughs> do, you, yeah. do you share that with, with Golmiv? I don't I think I I think I do yeah I feel like I share probably not those sex words but I'm just sort of like I I keep looking at my hand and at some point I just say out loud I'm I I just don't even within what am I who am I and what is my purpose anymore Golmiv stops and you you're walking up this steep hillside there's kind of a faint trace of trail going through these pine trees here and the cool brisk air is refreshing as you see the commune spread out beneath you hundreds of feet below you now and the mountains rising on the far side of the sudden flow river but she stops so that she can look at you directly and reaches her hand out towards your shoulder and and says no it's it's not because of you you if anything are probably the one thing that could bring new growth to our community. Hearing that you are already experiencing some questions and and that you are open-minded enough to engage me in this conversation here today, that this is giving me some new hope. There's absolutely no reason to to either to blame yourself or to, to think that you shoulder any of the responsibility for what happened. I am not even connected to Sulian anymore. I hold up my hand. This is this is the mark of something else. Oh? I died. And when I did, I lost my connection. And I I when I cast spells, when I ask for help, earlier today you saw it. This this dragonfly has come. Yes. This is not the light. Yes, this this is certainly not the magic of Sulian. Well, I think this is beautiful. Jasu, that you, who are recognized as the the spiritual leader, the what has been sent to us from our god Sulion, everyone will listen to you. And if you if you are able to continue to figure out what's going on, because I I can't provide you all of the answers for why the story changed and why our our families all became so devoted to the idea that you would lead Sulian to preeminence throughout Arboreas. I, I don't know any of that, but but perhaps you can find more answers. Yes. I think I must, honestly. I really can't thank you enough. Oh I am so glad to hear that 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 the research that I did has has done some good more than just dissolving my own faith, which sometimes feels like it was destructive rather than constructive. Hmm. Yes, well, as they say, the light is sometimes harsh. Yes, they do say that, don't they? Ah, you, it's so nostalgic hearing you say these epithets that I haven't heard in, in decades. Yeah, I haven't reached out and talked to any of my people since any of this has happened. Mm. It's nice to connect with you, honestly. Likewise. And uh, Joe and Titan, I think you, you see this exchange happening as the two 
Luxodon have stopped walking for the moment, while Thula and Yama have continued on a little ways and, and stopped maybe a uh, hundred feet up or so, uh, looking back. See what's happening? You know? You think you think you think she telling she thinks she telling her that she died? Think she told her about that? <laughs> <laughs> I think looking at Jasu and Golmiv and clearly picking up on like the vibes Titan is getting, I think looking at Jasu, there's potentially and maybe this is just Joe making this up, but like a bit of a grounding energy that looks like it might be happening with Jasu, especially after the last few days of jumping in with the rock monster and all of the things that have happened <laughs> and, and us feeling like Jasu was in this volatile place that it's kind of like, oh, is this conversation a pivoting moment for Jasu? Can Jasu please calm the fuck down? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, otherwise, no, I don't think, it's like we know what our goal is and it's to get this root. So I think we are on route to the root and just, mm -hmm. you know, gossiping a little along the way mm -hmm. about what we see. And a little ways ahead, Thula shouts back to you and says, we're almost there. If you can see the next bend, there's a little notch in the ridge. And as you continue the last few hundred feet of climbing this ridge top, the first thing that you see is the color. As you crest this ridge and look over onto the other side, you see that the trees are all black and the ground is all black. And you see that the entire basin, the entire valley has experienced a very recent forest fire that seems to have burnt everything and the ash has fallen on the ground the trees have not turned gray and ashen they are still charred black and in the base of this little valley you can see the remains the charred remains of what looks like an enormous kind of industrial complex more than just buildings for a living but also water wheels that look like they were used to power some kind of, you know, machinery that were constructing, you imagine, the tools of war that then the Koros continued to take on the road down towards Stormhaven. And in the middle of all of this, you see a kind of dammed up area in the stream and what looks like some kind of pond and off to the side in this little pond is almost a little island up against a, a cliff and in the center of this little island is a small speck of green and across the pond from this little almost island and cliff high up on the slope is a large stone that has crashed into the hillside and made a large crater. And that is where we will end our session. Oh, dun, 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 dun. oh wow. All right, y'all. How you doing, Torstone? Good. That was fun. That was real fun. 
How y'all doing? So ready to cast Mage Armor. So <laughs> ready. <laughs> <laughs> so I feel like happened. I feel like I just went on a hike. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh. Totally. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Well, should we hop into some dirty crit? Dirty crit. Dirty crit. Yeah. Anything anybody wants to unpack with the group? I have a few stars. Okay, let's see if I understand my own stars. The first one is high and getting things done, plus <laughs> trying to be chill. <laughs> oh, I remember now. I had a story. So, oh. you know how, like, Titan was over there being killing free, it? Living their best life. Li- being free, living their best life, yeah. and mm-hmm. killing it, even though they were high. Um, <laughs> and just, like, almost even better for it. When I was in college, it would make me so mad. I had... This is a humble brag. I had a 4.0 all through college. Very <laughs> proud of it. I thought you said homo brag at first. And I was like, no, oh, both. Gonna... It's both. <laughs> but, but, but also having a 4.0 really tells you a lot about my personality. It doesn't tell you necessarily mm. anything about my intelligence. It tells you about how, like, I worked really hard uh-huh. to keep that, uh, at, like, grade point average. And it was really about me knowing how to do the work in a way in order to get my grades at that level. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, for sure. And so like I would be so, because I put in so much work and I would be so mad when I had friends and there's one in particular, I will not say the name of, but I know you know who I'm talking about, the person who is listening, who like (laughs) got very high and very drunk the night before they had to turn in our first like 20 page research paper and got an A minus. Mm-hmm. I had turned it in a week in advance, having worked on it all semester. They started it that night while we were drunk and high, where everyone oh was being wild, and mm-hmm. I was the only person there who was somewhat like, like I at that point I didn't really drink too much, I didn't do any mm-hmm. drugs and all that stuff, and so that I was just sort of awkwardly in the corner. And all of these people were brilliant and got this person in particular got also like at a 3.98 grade point average and that is how they lived their college life yeah and it made me so mad and so when titan did the little thing where they caught all the eggs honestly i was i know how we were all like so impressed a part of me felt anger i was like i'm mad damn you (laughs) yeah (laughs) not fair man (laughs) <laughs> um yeah what was i was curious to to hear from you joshua about what that mm. was like for titan yeah. and i wasn't sure if maybe we've had a moment like this and i was just forgetting but you describing the laugh crying the mm. when yama so. asked yeah or just had um yeah asked or gave offered that sort of like offered yeah no to babysit. that was that was just like I described it on the pod, and that's exactly what happened mm-hmm. when Torsten as Yama was like, "Yeah, it's it's okay. I'll like I'll look after you." I was just like, I Joshua had like a twinge of just like my, I felt my shoulders relax, and mm-hmm. like I was like, "Oh, I feel safe to do this because someone I trust is gonna." It's like, don't worry about it. I I I got you, and mm-hmm. like. Titan like has has experienced people like certainly being like yo I I'm here to help you out but in this moment they didn't know how much they needed to hear just someone say like it's okay I I got you if you want to mm-hmm. do this thing be free like I I got mm-hmm. you um and yeah what's that what's that which it's it's the two things I always mix them up a secure base and what's the other thing oh uh secure base and safe haven safe haven so which one was that is this secure, That's a base? secure base yeah so it's like in like relationship stuff really in this mm-hmm. book called 
Polysecure secure and they talk about one of the uh, two two different like uh not like kinds of relationships but yeah i guess like uh things that relationships can provide like secure relationships can provide mm, yeah. and one of them being uh, a secure base and a safe haven so like secure base is like you know gives you the freedom and freedom to feel like that you can go off and ex- like and do something take a risk you know mm-hmm. that it's like i know i've got this aspect of my life and therefore i feel empowered to uh go out of my comfort zone because i feel sure. secure in some way and so like having you know a friend in that moment because like yeah friendships like this is in, in, like loving relationships of all kinds can provide uh, provide these things for you and you can provide them for yourself as well but having in that moment yama be like yeah i, I can offer this to you and and titan also feeling able to trust that yama was like w- would do that for them mm-hmm. was just like mm-hmm. oh okay i did not expect this to go in this direction but here here we go i mean yeah. like i'll think about you know even as a player it's like i started off by taking a quarter of the thing because like you know joshua knows that we have to potentially fight a dragon tomorrow so i don't want mm-hmm. titan to be super fucked up but it's like yama was like no it's okay i know about this thing i got you was just like okay <laughs> <laughs> so yeah no that was definitely an experience for both for both of us where like like again, like I said, it's like I, in that moment as a human being, had a a bit of that experience of like, oh, and felt like emotional just about somebody saying, you know, I got you. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah I wouldn't describe Titan. Well, okay, wait, let me say what I would say. I felt like Joe was witnessing, and maybe this isn't a how Titan felt, but I think, no, I guess Joe wasn't witnessing. Kylie, what I was witnessing was mm-hmm. like, Titan letting their guard down. Yeah. Mm, yeah. A bit. Absolutely. Like in that whole scene. And not that I would describe Titan as having their guard up all of the time. Oh, but they, I think they just like do. But yeah, but I like just yeah. them being alert and stuff. But it's like Titan knows how to party. Titan knows how to have a good time. But that like this was something different. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Absolutely. That was nice. mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think it's definitely like Titan does. It's it's literally that it's like I remember the the first time I saw I don't remember which Avengers movie it was, but like when freaking Mark Ruffalo as the Hulk looks over to Captain America and is like, "You want to know my secret cap? I'm always angry." Yeah. I I resonated with that yeah. shit so hard. Mm. Oh really? Oh my yeah. gosh! Mm. I was just like, I was like, oh yeah, yeah, oh. always. Always, mm-hmm. and so like I feel like there's some of that with with Titan was is that it's like yeah they're like they have adapted they're they yeah. often seem chill mm-hmm. and are with it and observant but all of that with it and observantness observance is because they are like stressed out kind mm-hmm. of all the time but don't even freaking realize it yeah 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 and so having this moment of like release was like. Oh, wow. I don't know what's it, happening right now, but I'm going totally. with it. It really felt like both Titan and Jasu this episode had, I don't know if the right word, what the right word is for it, but like big change in some fundamental stuff that you have been experiencing and going through and like, uh, yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah, no, I'm just using the safe haven versus uh, secure base now uh-huh. framework, which I really, I, true, I truly cannot recommend enough the polysecure book. I thought it was really good. Mm. And it's like, basically it, it talks about different attachment styles and how um, 
those can affect your relationships, both platonic and romantic. And they use it like uh, the who is it who write who wrote it? Jessica, what was her last name? I want to say Fern, but I got Fern. the book right over. Yeah, here. I want to say Fern too, but yeah. Um, but the whole thing is like uh, about how you approach relationships, uh, uh, both platonic and uh, like uh, uh, romantic and sexual. Uh, and then with a poly like sort of lens of the idea mm. that like yeah um, uh, you can have multiple relationships with people and what that might look like and la 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 it's great and the the thing that you were talking about Joshua right the secure base of like being able to go explore I feel like Jasu this episode really found a safe haven which is mm-hmm. when you are able to be vulnerable and let your guard down with someone and like where you can truly feel like you can just be yourself and being seen and like be a little messy be a little whatever it might be without feeling like you have to continue to act one way or another and you could just sort of relax together mm. and i think like when she was first talking with Golmeve, the way i was imagining it was when i first started talking to my family about being like coming out as being queer and um, mm-hmm. that i needed to almost prove even more than before how absolutely normal and good I was. Mm. Um, And so even though I'm now different, I'm still the exact same. And it's like, I've actually, I've never been the person that my family originally thought I was or Mm. had thought I was for many years. Like I I just was never that person. And I felt like I needed to perform it even more after the fact so that I've just felt icky. Mm -hmm. And I think that like, in my my vision, like with Golmeev, it was like the first reaction was, oh, I'll go back into Sulian. Like I'll, I'll, I'm going to do the whole thing because that is what we're supposed to do. And then not really knowing where to go with that or how to actually talk with her or do anything because like yeah. she can't just like say what's on her mind. And then deciding, I think it was a big moment for Jasu to like decide, hey, like I'm actually just going to say it, which is like I'm, I'm actually not connected to anyone uh, like i'm not connected to Sulian anymore all of these things are happening i don't know who i am i'm supposed to be the leader but i'm not like ah and so i think yeah i do think it was a big moment for her and i think that like golmeev provided a really safe haven of like just being someone who could like listen and support yeah. and like understand yeah it was really moving for me was, i feel like it's been such a journey really since like episode five Mm -hmm. you know it's been there's been so many different phases of that growth and change that jasu has gone through and so now to have yeah like you're saying just like actually coming out with it and like connecting with somebody was really really fun to role play I'm glad I'm happy that we did it too. I felt really good about it because I I felt like she was acting crazy, but I felt good about like but like in previous episodes, and I felt mm-hmm. good about doing that because it never felt yeah. like I was like it felt like I could take the time and space. So I appreciate everyone on this episode uh, podcast this whole time being able to do that with all of y'all. Y'all mm-hmm. so great. Ten out of ten. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. like there's some cliches or you know archetypes of the. D&D players who go so hardcore into their troubled backstory that it's like they aren't role playing with other people because they're just so into the backstory that they wrote for themselves. And so, you know, the cliche generally goes something like, oh, I don't participate in the thing that the group is doing, but would you like me to tell you a 17-minute monologue about the (laughs) hard things that happened to me in my past? And what was really fun about 
this arc that we've been witnessing with Jasu, and it's not like it's done. It's it's still happening and, and changing and everything. But it's like we have gotten to be a part of this really hard, difficult thing that Jasu is going through. And it's so instead of it being like, oh, here's my backstory that I wrote by myself, and now I'm just going to. It's like no, everyone is participating in it and a witness to it and like trying to help and it's yeah it's been very interesting can we talk about joe now being hot for gomith now that yeah. we yes. <laughs> yes where did that come from i'm attracted so... to this person you know what it was it was it. it was tor being in the same room as kylie for the first time in a while and then putting yeah. on that deep voice that's what happened <laughs> there was something about and this might not we'll see how gomith actually is as a human as we interact with them more, there's something, and this is how I am in my own life too, about like when someone is confident in themselves, like that's obviously, that's an attractive quality. But then like you add the voice and the striding forward and I was like, done. I don't know. <laughs> I, I didn't really, I didn't overthink it. I just like, I had the, like, I did think about it for a second. I had the thought and I like did think, am I going to say this out loud? <laughs> and it's like, oh Yeah. Like, yes, I am, actually. <laughs> so I, like, thought about it for a second. I think Joe and Joe's sexuality, like, I don't... I've not really thought about it much. Mm-hmm. I think Joe likes personalities, though. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I don't think Joe has a preference, has a gender preference over who she likes. I just think she likes humans. But I also don't think Joe finds herself in situations that she's often interested in mm. others joe i don't is think a joe pansexual demisexual goddess is what you're saying that's there what i'm hearing <laughs> <laughs> and i think that joe like doesn't find herself in situations that she's attracted to people often because her circle is pretty tight it's like mm. she's home she's at the shop she's seeing the same people who are platonic and these like familial relationships mm-hmm. but i also don't think that i think joe is confident enough in herself that i it felt like there was this hesitation of oh would joe would joe be embarrassed about feeling like having a crush on someone and it's like no i think joe is like pretty unapologetically like being herself or maybe being embarrassing a bit so i don't think that like she would feel any such way about let it like like if golme even knew that joe like maybe was giving vibes i don't think joe would feel bashful Mm -hmm. You as a human during this entire conversation have only increased in hotness to me. And that is wild because you are already so hot to me. Oh, thank you. Um, So, yeah, we'll see. Like, I don't don't think necessarily that Joe is going to be like, oh, it's time to date Golby. But it's like, Mm -hmm. oh, yes. Vibe. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Noted. I also just love that you were like, yeah, they can clock it. Great. Yeah. It's yeah, fine. <laughs> right. Meanwhile, totally. and I, I, I'm envious because meanwhile, I like am like super into someone and I'm like, oh, no, I'm fine. Don't talk to me. Don't look at me. If you if you blink twice, I'll be. Ah. This is so true. I know, but I put on a good face. <laughs> I really do in real life. I put on a really good face. You'll never know. But inside, now, I do now. Now yeah. it's funny. It's like, now I'm like, oh, they're doing the thing. They must be into this person. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you have a tell. I do. Oh, my tell, yeah. My tell is that I'm secretly freaking out inside. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, my other star is a shift, which it, but I put a star next to wildfires, sad face, mm-hmm. just because I do mm-hmm. think that like 
I mean, growing up in California and obviously mm. all of the California yeah. wildfires in the last uh, few years has been really sad. But just like when you were describing it, I don't know. I was getting, I was getting uh, like a little emotional. I think that like mm-hmm. the environmental degradation and everything that's happening in this world that we're playing, and then also that's happening in reality. It's just like, hey, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, everything's burned to the ground. Like, ugh. So I had, yeah. I had feelings. No other thoughts, other just feelings. Yeah, we're kind of back in like an outdoorsy D and D land, mm-hmm. uh, which we like a you know wilderness D and D setting, which we haven't really been in for a while. I guess the stuff on the road and stuff, kind of, but it, it's like our first adventure. I feel like following the stream up yeah. to oh, the mountains. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Remember when we followed a stream up to the mountains and we didn't and we plan never to go home. on a two day trip, but then we were gone <laughs> forever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a three-hour tour. You said, "Why don't we just sleep outside?" Even though none of us planned to sleep outside. Yeah. <laughs> Titan's walking around in heels. <laughs> Titan's like, "Yeah, okay, I'll sleep on this ground in the woods." <laughs> can you imagine uh, you, Joshua? Oh no, going outside. If we, if can we imagine anyone on this call? I feel like yeah, Tor, Tor would do it in a heartbeat. Yeah, and Kylie, Kylie would Kylie's probably been out there. Is is like is like is Wilderness Bay at this point I too? Could, yeah, yeah. I could do yeah, it, but I wouldn't switch. be. I wouldn't be great at. I wouldn't be great at it, but I would do it, and I wouldn't complain too much. Joshua would not do I it. I would not do it. <laughs> I, Joshua would go home. Um, I'm going to propose that we go on it. <laughs> we have an annual camping trip that starts. Wouldn't it be funny if we recorded a well, so for, outside for a long a time, trip. for more than a year, I wanted to do a Patreon episode about camping where we just like really hash we, it out since it you comes just up so much right. in D&D. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Yeah. And so I would love to do that. And now I'm thinking, what if we do a before and after? What if we do a talk about camping oh, then before like and then go camping with Joshua? For, have you been camping, Deanna? Uh, no, car okay, camping. Amazing. So we can go camping and for the both of you, it'll be the first mm-hmm. time and then we can come back and do a part two. Joshua's like, no, I just told you I don't if, do that. I don't know why you're... Didn't you hear me the first time when Literally. I said no? This is an invitation, like, not, not a... Not a mandate. Not a mandate. Uh-huh. Yeah, we can talk about this offline, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. You can talk about that, this offline offline first. That, you want to put that in the agenda for the next production? And then all of a sudden it never comes up on yeah. the podcast. Yeah. All right, great. Because no, I was just talking about this with one of my castmates in Dracula who has never been camping and was expressing interest. And so I kind of let him know. I was like, you know, I would love to make that possible for you if I can help in any way because I you know you have to have all this equipment and stuff and it's cost prohibitive and stuff so it's like yeah if you are interested I'd love to help that make that possible also in no way feel obliged because I have some friends like my friend Joshua David Robinson who just doesn't want to camp so like if you don't want to camp that's also cool (laughs) (laughs) don't let me (laughs) force you to go camping <laughs> I actually do want Joshua to go camping though. Because I feel like I mean when we go hiking it's very fun. Mm-hmm. Um and it would just be a longer hike. We are not Ooh, looking well. like you're interested. Wow, the face is the face of one that is so far like absolutely not. So staunchly in a no that like even even many, many, many pounds of money would not convince you yet. Oh, I can be paid. I can be paid. Sure. Uh, you sure. said all right, so speaking of things that we dread, uh, any hopes and fears for the next session? I want to fight a dragon. All right. And I want to kill it. 
<laughs> I mean, I uh, want to talk to it. Yeah, okay. Mm. But I want to fight only if I have I to. I want to use my newfound spells. I felt <laughs> the Tempest Bringer in my hand when you were describing all of the like shit that was happening like the mm. like the degradation to the to the land yeah and i don't know why but it's like that feels like it has some kind of connection to nature mm. and i was just like mm. i felt myself squeezing it and being like this ain't right you know so i don't know i don't know this feels like a wrong that needs writing mm-hmm. yeah yeah to just burn the land before you go yeah very interesting okay I feel like this is a good place to wrap things up. Yeah. Can't wait till we get to go encounter whatever it is that we encounter down here. Yeah, yeah. It might be a dragon. It might not be a dragon. Burnt out River Valley. (laughs) Well, anybody want to plug anything? I would like to plug this exact sound. (laughs) You should all try to make it. Okay. (laughs) Great. I would like to plug Valentine's Day. Oh, we all had very different reactions (laughs) because, you know, you've heard me say this on this pod before. (laughs) There's so many regular days in the year. So I'm not saying you have to like go buy a Hallmark card or like spend money, but I think it's a good excuse to just like love on your people (laughs) on Valentine's Day. So that's what we're plugging. Uh, Joshua, you got anything to plug? Oh boy! Oh yeah, you know what? I I, I will go ahead and and double up on the plug for uh, Polysecure, a mm. book by Jessica Fern. Um, there's also mm-hmm. a, a follow up book called Polywise. And mm. uh, whether you are poly, uh, you know, a consensually non monogamous or in a monogamous relationship, I think it's a really great book just about uh, about relationships. Like I think it found it useful in not just romantic, but you know, in in loving friendships as well, uh, just to yeah. think about some of the stuff that we uh, uh, take for granted in in relationships, mm-hmm. and I, I don't mean not value, but truly just the things that we don't think about because sure. we think they're because of the structures of society that are in place that uh, allow us not to have to think about these things, but uh, can be better, can be can be really uh, useful sometimes to uh, to think about them. Amazing, well done. Thank you. And I will plug the Backroom Shakespeare Project. We are doing a show at Three's Brewing in Brooklyn, Monday, May 6th. I don't know if I'm going to be in it. I think I probably will, but we haven't decided on casting yet because casting is decided very late in the game. But we did decide on this date pretty far in advance, so I figured I would let you know it's going to be Julius Caesar. Amazing. I'm in. Yeah, actually, honestly, <laughs> we haven't sent out the casting invite, but yeah, do you no, want to be in it? Yeah, I haven't gotten it. Yeah, sure. May Sweet. 6th. I should so be able to. Yeah. You might be able to see both of us in it. Can I be in it? You can <laughs> if you can make the no, three dates. No. There's three yeah, dates I would like to be in it. 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 No. It's Monday. Mondays are the days Great. you have to be in it. It's okay that I could skip some of the rehearsals and No, you have to. There's only three Mondays. I would like to be in the crowd with me. I would like to be I would like to be the leading role and have only monologues that I make up on the spot. Wow. Okay. That's gonna be that's 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 a good pitch. Also this audio. Talk a big game, Woodman. You talk the people game. that are casting it. I would kill it. <laughs> you Hello, my name do is it. Julius 
sees her. See, you see, absolutely would not do that. If you would do that, I'd be like, yeah, bet. Yeah. Come be in the show. I would, but you wouldn't. I would. You nope. haven't seen me when I get on stage in front of a crowd. You don't know. You don't know. It becomes, I become even more impossible. Give me people who laugh. Oh, no. So if you want to come see this. Yeah, I'll be in it starring. Follow us on the socials. We'll definitely Julius announce Caesar. which members of our podcast are in this show. I can't you know, wait for it's... Deanna to introduce themselves to Julius Caesar next On Instagram, episode. at Wayne. Come on, Caesar. Not to praise him. For the next him. seven episodes, my name is Julius Caesar. Until I can play Julius Caesar in this goddamn production. Manifest your destiny. <laughs> Send us an email with your vote for who should play Julius Caesar, who is definitely the starring role of That's Julius right. Caesar. Oh, God. To happens at gmail.com. And if you haven't had enough of us, head on over to our Patreon for more. That's patreon.com slash wankredhappens. Hope you enjoyed the show, everyone. Special thanks to Cullen Fitzpatrick for our theme music and original musical underscoring by Wormwood, Balin Wagner, and Benjamin Bergdorf. Full episodes come out every other Wednesday. On the off weeks, exclusive content is released for our members. Head over to patreon.com slash wankredhappens to join the community. Thanks for listening. 90s kids know what's up. Yep. <laughs> I don't I don't understand and I'm a 90s Wait, kid. The are you talking about the wild what wild thornberries? Do you were born Wild Thornberries? Oh, you were born in the 90s, sorry. Yeah. Wait, Wild Thornberries is a thing? Yeah, the Nickelodeon is it Nickelodeon, yeah. right? Yeah, it's Nickelodeon show. They're yeah. not called the Wild Thornberries. That's right. Yeah, they sure are. Right? I mean, it's it's not a super popular show. Like nobody like listening no, to the show right now. I mean, I remember that oh. show, but I thought it was a different name. I thought it was the Wild, uh, the Wild something. Somewhere in the recess of your minds, you knew that, You'd like and the that's explorers, why this is the like name. the family of explorers. Yeah, 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 yeah totally. the Wild Thornberries. They were called Thornberries. I apologize, Nickelodeon. This was a completely unintentional. Sued. Sued. I, <laughs> Copyright. I did look it up, and yes, it is. It's called well, This the will not hold up in court. Wild you owe $1 million. Yeah, we owe all the profit that we're making off of these podcasts. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. $1 million a day. Oh, gosh. Man, oh, man. longest recap ever. Bet we, is... we are, if you, as this is what happens when you say you're free to interrupt me. I know. This is you did this to this yourself. This is way better. No, I like it. Uh, oh, shit. Okay. So the Thornberry. Great. Awesome. I thought here I was thinking I was coming up with something nice and unique. Uh, great. So you, yeah. So after she, after you heal the prophet with some thornberry bush root, then you will also probably need to give her some magical healing as well.